Honored to be one of the nation's top 100 great hospitals, Schneck Medical Center is proud to present our unique podcast series, Schneck Radio. Here's Bill Klaproth. Teenage drug abuse has become a major public health issue and a confounding, heart-wrenching problem for many parents. Here to explain more is Dawn Goodman-Martin, clinical addiction counselor at Schneck Medical Center. Dawn, thank you so much for being on with us today. So let me ask you first, why do teens turn to drugs? I think there's several different um, reasons. I think probably the biggest one is is peer pressure. Um, Access is a lot easier. Um, It's more prevalent amongst our adolescents nowadays. And there's a lot of pretty scary things out there that um, kids are dealing with. Um, uh, It's hard being a teenager. And so a lot of times we will look to something quick and easy to fix our problems. And um, having the drugs out there in the streets a little bit more accessible, um, unfortunately, puts it in our adolescents' hands. What are the most common drugs that teens use? They're going to use something that's in the class of an opioid, uh, typically is what we'll see. Um, there are some amphetamines, so I've seen Ritalin, um, Adderall out there. As far as the opioids that they're going to see, you're going to see some hydros, some oxycodone. We see Xanaxes out there. And where kids become accessible to them that I think a lot of parents need to realize is they get them from medicine cabinets at their home or from a neighbor or a relative or a friend that the adults have been prescribed these medications for an appropriate reason, but they're left there. You know, a lot of times people will keep medicine um, long after they need them in case there's another episode later on, and these kids know this, and and they will go through medicine cabinets, and, and that's where... The easiest access for children is is actually in their parents' own medicine cabinet. So job one would be to go through the medicine cabinet and clear out all leftover drugs then. Well, absolutely. Um, we really don't advocate the flushing down the toilet. Um, our local and all local police departments will have a take-back take um, place where you can walk in and tell them that you have these prescription drugs and you would like to have them dispose of them, that's always a place to get rid of drugs um, that your prescription you don't need anymore. Hospitals, ours does that as well, but any other hospital will have a place that you can um, give your old prescription drugs that would particularly narcotics to. Your family physician is another place that you can do that. We also, I also encourage parents not only to go through their medicine cabinet, and any kind of a controlled substance. So when I say controlled substance, that's if you're showing your ID at a pharmacy for a prescription, that's going to be a controlled substance. And so anything like that that might be in your medicine cabinet that you are not using or need, I, I definitely encourage parents to dispose of those properly. If they are things that a parent is prescribed appropriately and needs those, then we also always encourage that parents will lock their medication so that it is in a secured place and it just keeps everyone safe in the house. A lot of times it's also not just their kids. Kids have friends over and they socialize. So and so you never know who may be going through your medicine cabinet, unfortunately. And Dawn, what are the signs of teen drug abuse? You know, I, I think number one, off, off 
right there is your parents. Parents, please be engaged in your children's life. We are such busy people. But the more we're engaged in our lives, parents know their kids better than anyone. So you're going to be likely to notice that there's some unusual moodiness, uh, maybe missing school or their homework, uh, your failure to uphold responsibilities. Uh, maybe you're getting some complaints from school, increased lying, uh, loss of interest in activities that might have been a lot of fun for them. Um, also, too, locked doors, isolation. I mean, teenagers do like to be isolated in your home. But, you know, I'm talking about things that are a little bit out of the ordinary for your child. Maybe changes in your peer group, changes in appearance or clothes, um, long disappearances, uh, maybe running away or sneaking out of the house, uh, missing items. So those are some of the behavioral things that we see a lot with adolescents that parents can certainly keep an eye on. But again, parents know their children better than anyone, and how you do that is being actively involved uh, with them. And what should a parent do then if they suspect their teen is using drugs? The first thing is to confront them, is to really talk to them about noticeable changes in behavior. Um, Also, working in partnership with the school, you know, they have some um, teachers maybe that a parent can talk to with that. And number one, get help. Absolutely the first thing is get help. If you suspect that your child is unfortunately under the influence of an illegal drug, call 911 or go to an emergency center um, just to make sure that there isn't anything medically wrong with them. And call, make some calls. Every, Every area has some type of a crisis line, whether it be your local community health center, maybe a hospital, or even a family doctor is a really good place for parents to make that first contact with them of the doctor saying, you know, I think my child may be involved in some drugs. What can I do? Family doctors are very, very important in our health care today, and they usually have great resources that would be appropriate for that, that particular child. Right. Yeah, I wonder if many parents may think, you know, when I was their age, I dabbled and I turned out fine. They're just experimenting. They're just dabbling. I don't have to worry about them. What's the distinction? Many teens experiment with drugs. What constitutes addiction? You know, that that's a really, really good uh, question. And it's not always so cut and dry. Um, you know, addiction can come from, it can be genetically uh, predisposed that someone in the family may have had that and has kind of transferred down the line through the genetic coding. But it also can be around environment. And so, you know, those warning signs that we looked at, that could be a cry for help. One of the things that, I mean, as far as an addiction, I think the biggest number one sign is a loss of control, is that that drinking or using a substance more than what that person wants to or for longer than what they intended can actually start to be some very first signs of developing an addiction. Um, You know, at risk-taking, we see that with adolescents, um, knowing that they may, their friend may have used this and so it's okay for them. That's not the case nowadays. We see some very dangerous drugs out there, things that, um, you know, their friend told them it was this one substance, but it actually might be mixed with something else. So there is actually some pretty deadly things out there. So, you know, 
I think, again, the big thing is helping parents recognizing that there's some unusual behavior, confronting your child, um, getting them in maybe to a family physician, asking for help. Because as a family member, I think that, you know, as a parent myself, we want to do what's best for our children. Sometimes we just don't know, and we need that support out there. The sooner that we can identify a problem, the easier it is to fix, the easier it is to make those changes before it becomes something that can be very much out of control. It just makes it so much easier and better results if we can really identify and get some immediate help. Immediate there is the key because waiting, quite frankly, could be deadly. I think you brought up something very good. In the past, we may have said they might have been experiencing with the deadly drugs that we have out there on the street and that are so readily available to these kids, unfortunately. I really think immediate help is really what we have to start looking at as parents that maybe we didn't, per se, look at several years ago. So as far as treatment goes, I know that if you're um, an alcoholic, treatment would be different than somebody that's uh, suffering from heroin addiction. Can you just give me a general overview of what the treatment process is? The first thing that happens is to get a very good thorough assessment. So as you were talking about, alcohol and heroin might be different. We actually, I think the best approach is to treat, regardless of what the substance, as an addiction. Because the thinking processes are actually the same. The substances might be different, but the thinking process is the same. And so getting a thorough um, view of what that person may really have some difficulty with is a first step for treatment. And once you're in treatment, then there's various types of treatment that are available. There's individual, there's groups, there's intensive treatment, there's residential. So there's just as there's different people at different levels, there's different types of treatment as available. And that's what's very, very important again, getting a good sound evaluation so that a specialist can actually refer or put that adolescent into what's most appropriate for them. Many times, we're not just dealing with addiction, but we're also dealing with anxiety or we're dealing with depression. And it's important to treat all of that at the same time, and especially with adolescents, we're dealing with family. So it's just a lot of different things that have to be looked at um, and developed during treatment at that same time. Well, that's a really important distinction in that there is a common thread between somebody that turns to alcohol or say heroin, they're all kind of trying to do the same thing. They're dealing with anxiety or depression or they're trying to kill the pain in some way. So that's really important to know. And Dawn, why should someone choose Schneck Medical Center for their addiction treatment? One of the things that we do really well here is we're, we, we offer a lot of different resources. And I think we can be kind of that first line of resources we do intensive treatment here one-on-one in our own clinic. Most of this time we see adults, um, but we do do a very thorough evaluation. Um, we also work with many of our patients that might be in our hospital um, over a long period of time. We work with them bedside. We also are really good at reaching out to uh, people that may come into our facility. And whether they're appropriate for our particular treatment um, that's one thing, but we also will make referrals outside into community because it's not about 
the particular treatment. It's about making sure that that person gets referred to what resource is most appropriate. And that's something I think we really do well at, at SNAC is we're very engaged with our community. We're a big community supporter and what is going on out in the world of addiction and how to get uh, different people connected to appropriate resources. Well, thank you so much, Don Goodman Martin, Clinical Addiction Counselor at Schneck Medical Center. For more information, visit schneckmed.org. That's schneckmed.org. This is Schneck Radio. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.